Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast. With Pat. Well, it doesn't matter if it's the patron state of mediocrity, Ryan Tannehill. John. The Titans always feel like a glass house to me. For whatever reason, their record is always way better than they look playing games. Yes. And Brando. It smells like sh- It looks like sh- Yeah, so. no, that's Mike Grable, Stanley Steamer, carpet yeah. cleaner. Dude, carpet. <laughs> you know, he'll steam over some of the shittiest carpets you've ever seen. Oh man, the bleep button's going to be interesting in this one. (laughs) On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with my buddies Pat and Brando here on a Monday evening. Can you call this a victory Monday after a Thursday night win? Does that count? Yes. Since we already had a victory Friday. Do we get two? Two victory days in one week? Victory, insert day of the week until we lose again. So when we go on these win streaks of six, seven, eight games, they're victory days. They turn into victory weeks, then they're victory months. So like we've had victory Decembers before. Okay. Do you get a victory year after Super Bowl win then? Yeah, of course. By that logic. Oh, victory decade, bro. We'll probably oh, never live it down. <laughs> oh my god. Of course. Yeah. At the parade. This is our year for the full year. Yeah, we were just talking about the parade actually before we hopped on. We we can't get yeah. too ahead of ourselves. We're gonna hey, this is classic us. I wish that they did it like the hockey trophy Stanley Cup where every player gets it and they get to take it for a couple days or one day with the cup, whatever it is, because you got 22 guys to do it in a two month window. But that would be cool to see with the Super Bowl. I think, yeah, you know, did they make multiple Lombardies every year? I think they make a Lombardi. Well, yeah, obviously there's a different one every year, but like, is there only one each year? Because I, I feel like yes. I, I've seen Lombardis on displays in like coaches' cabinets. And like, I'm like, is that really the only place that this thing gets displayed? Or did like, you know, does it just stay with the team? I don't know. I don't know. Great question. Okay. Vince Lombardi trophy. Okay. There are not the same number of trophies as there are number of Super Bowl that we are in. Because Vince Lombardi was obviously coaching in the first couple of Super Bowls, right? So the trophy was not yet named after him. So there's only 56 editions of the Lombardi trophy considering all the worth of the trophy itself and the time it takes to produce just one players do not receive their own Lombardi trophy however they are given a mini replica trophy which is worth about 1500 bucks that's everything you need to know about the Vince (laughs) Lombardi trophy channel 10 and NBC Philadelphia how tall is it guess just guess Three feet. Uh, no, Less. the Lombardi, it's got to be like 18 inches tops. You're close. 20.5. Okay. Interesting. This See, I was going, cool from, the, I was going from the bottom tip of the football, Brandon. Come on. Every inch matters, <laughs> okay? And guess tip. what? Sports trophies are always something to admire. Olympic gold medals are required to be made out of at least 1.34% of solid gold. The Stanley Cup is made of silver and nickel alloy. Alloy. Alloy, yeah. And the MLB Commissioner's Trophy is Sterling Silver. 
Ooh, but bummer. Chiefs caves. Interesting. The Vince Lombardi <laughs> trophy is similar in that it is made out of precious metal alloy. You can't even get like a, a chemistry makeup on the on the, the mixture. They're just precious. Oh, sterling. Oh, come on. Yeah, sterling. Well, it's, silver. Made by it's made by a jewelry maker, right? We had this conversation last year. It's made by um, God. Why do I want to say Zales? It's not. Um, it's like the the big jewelry company. Interesting. Tiffany, um, I think it's Tiffany and Co. or whatever makes the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, it was right here. Has been produced in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Each year, Tiffany and Company silversmiths design and produce the accolade. Guess how much it weighs in pounds? Hmm. Twenty-one 12. pounds. Seven. Oh, it's okay. pretty light. So Tom the Brady's really just process. a when he's just whipping that thing around. Yeah, right. The entire <laughs> process. These are interesting stats. Takes four months and seventy-two hours and fifty thousand dollars in labor, but the estimated value of the trophy is ten thousand dollars. However, many deem the award priceless. The author says, uh, um, "Yes, the trophy does float." Which, so is, which, which, was, which was proved in Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> Tiffany and Co. They designed some of the rings, but not all of the rings. Wow, teams' rings come out to five million dollars total for. Yeah, what is it, 52 rings? Anyways. Well, but, but all the coaches get rings and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if the NHL could afford to give that many players rings. <laughs> no. Welcome to Not Another Buffalo Podcast Trophy Talk today. Buffalo yeah. Rumblings. Do wow. we say that yet? I don't even know. Yes. Buffalo Rumblings Podcast. You can find us on all platforms at Buff Podcast. Anyway, hoping Someday that a Super Josh, Josh will be holding that seven pound piece of metal that's 22 inches long, tip to tip. And... uh Made out of solid silver, so or something metal alloy, precious, precious metal alloy. Yeah, so there's multiple metals in there. Anyway, all these feelings that we feel are all for that seven pounds, baby. Yeah, well, you know what my so, ideal weight is. <laughs> you haven't seen that T-shirt? No, no. <laughs> my ideal weight is Josh Allen on top of me. Oh, I saw that at the uh, game. A bunch of people had that uh, T-shirt at the game. But so that is funny. true. I did not see that. Um, well, speaking of the game a little bit, I listened to a little bit of you guys post game talking about it. Were you happy, excited? It wasn't even that late. The game did go quick. I don't know. I mean, I kind of blacked out. I was so jet lagged for both <laughs> those blank. episodes. I don't remember what I said. I just like, like remember listening to it the next day. But okay. I think it went good. I think it went good. Well, we yeah. won the game and the show came out and it sounded good. So you did a good job. That's good. But That's always good. I like was, being audited. Uh, I know that Pat never listens to the ep- Pat. Have you, how many over under Brando right now? Pat, don't tell us over under how many episodes of NABP do you think Pat has listened to? Two and I'll half. put the over under at three, two and a half. Under. I mean, I, I, I've listened to a decent amount. I've probably listened to like 20 oh. of them. Over oh, the year. Okay. Vegas okay. is wrong. Right. Vegas is All wrong. Right. I mean, I, wow. Sometimes. Two years with, their, with rumblings last week. We signed our deal two years ago. Wow. Amateur status. No more. No more NCAA for us. If, there, yeah, if there's some good discourse, me, we still get amateur status, but I'll still I'll, I'll listen to it back or whatever. But yeah, well, twenty does sound like a lot. Um, but again, like at the where the over under we set, uh, this is episode one eighty six. So Ooh. you guys can do the percentages there. Anyway, it'll. F- I, I like like to remind everyone that if the Bills lose to the Bengals this week, it won't mean that they can't hoist the Lombardi this year. A little bit farther really? away, but do you I think that. I do think that, and I think that this is this is a tough test. The Bengals are super hot right now, and that that matters. Joe Burrow, super. 
super hot fire is what they are. And that's what they look like when they're on the field. Joe Burrow looks unstoppable. Did you see him run? He ran. Yeah. So efficiently, like a, that like a deer through game. the field, just like, whoosh, whoosh, just no calf issues, stepping into the throws. Tyler Boyd, another third receiver going off that I wish we had. Uh, you know, we always talk about it. We need that's a bench. We had it right? this week. We literally. I know had it, it was this cool. Week. We had Khalil yeah. Shakir. That's so cool. That was that's the benchmark I think for our team. If we we need to look at how their offense produces and we need to match it or be better. That's how you should judge the. But Buffalo I mean, Bills over offense. under receptions, Khalil Shakir this week for I'm going to say under. I feel like he's not even going to get the rock that much. I feel like that third receiver spot is something that Ken Dorsey really likes to roll the twelve sided D and D you know, dice. Right. But right. But again, with Dawson Knox out still, I don't know what Quentin Morris's status is for this week. You might be forced to, to run 11 a lot, which honestly it's like, even if Dawson Knox comes back, why would you go back to 12 personnel? If that's what wasn't working for the whole year, you know what I mean? Anyway, it's interesting too, when you start talking about tempo for this game and, and tempo was attributed to the bill success this past week, they ran more plays you know, we have this discussion of speeding the game up versus slowing the game down. And McDermott is a classically minded football coach who likes to slow the game down, balance attack, do our thing, not have a lot of possessions. And that's the kind of way, obviously this has been well documented this past week in conversations, but that's the way that you win games against opponents that you're in. You believe you're inferior to usually. Because less possessions means more opportunity for variability, right? The like the higher number of simulations you do for something, the more accurate it becomes, right? So if you're only having 10 possessions between two teams, you have more opportunity to have a turnover, make a bigger difference, sway the game bigger either way. And it's like so the, uh, it's like the wild card game in baseball, right? You get the one game sudden death play in play out and you see some underdogs win those games or the three game series or the five game series. Ultimately, you know, the hockey has a seven game series, but even they can be random sometimes, but you know, the true talent is like, you know, NBA. Could you imagine the NFL doing that? Like you'd have some, you'd have a lot of sweeps, I think. You know, a lot of injuries. Injuries. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, no, you gotta have the sample size, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing. Drives versus games. You know, you see less upsets in NBA championships because of that, because you have to win four games, not just one, like you said. Same thing with drives, you know, each drive, you know, if you're the better team, the more drives you have, the better you're likely to turn out, obviously. And so I'm interested to see how they approach this game, because not only did that work against the Buccaneers by running up tempo, getting as many possessions in as you can, having an elite success rate in that no huddle offense. Is that because they thought that the the Buccaneers were inferior and they're like, we're the better team. We want more possessions. They want to slow us down. They want to keep us off the field. How do you approach the Bengals? Because the Bengals have probably the best offense in the NFL at this moment in time out of anybody, not, not the 49ers, not the chiefs. Both of those teams lost again this week. You know, do you, do you go up against that team and say, we want to go head head to head. We want to have a shootout. Or are you going to try to slow them down and then stall yourself out in in the process? So I'm, I'm kind of nervous that McDermott might slow this team down a little bit and then kind of revert back to what he wants to do, which is run the ball instead of just let Josh Allen cook. If you are Josh Allen and you're in these meetings and you're getting these play calls 
and you know better, what's the discussion like? Because it looked like after this game against Tampa Bay on Thursday night that Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott all had honest conversations about things that they don't like in the offense and things that they do like with the offense. You can't really control these fourth and ones that you didn't go for Josh Allen. You know, what is he going to revolt on the field? Be like, get the heck (laughs) off here. Sam Martin, I don't need yeah, t- you. Tackles Sam Martin coming you know, onto the like, field. <laughs> it's like a a basketball player not wanting to come out of a game, you know, or a pitcher on the pitcher's mound trying to get pulled. You can't control these certain things, but well, I mean, you can't you control. See, Sam and Martin I wondered, also balling out as well. I mean, like that, that last punt enough. too. Yeah. I mean, it's like right out of. I think is it? It might be Saran Neal's like outstretched arm from being like on the two yard line. So gotta let Sam cook yeah, sometimes, apparently. But. Um, <laughs> Well, the I agree, and he he played well or whatever. You know, I don't want my punter to punt this much ever. And you take <laughs> those fourth downs and you add a couple points. You know, that's at least they're four yards from a field goal try. Why are they losing the confidence in Tyler Bass to kick fifty-five yarders? Like, give them opportunities to go again. You need these points to punt the ball down, go for it on fourth and one. But like you said, if you're Josh Allen and you had Brian Dable, and Brian Dable got into arguments with Sean McDermott about the offensive philosophy. Josh Allen has to be able to look at his coach and be like, this is what I can do better. Let me do it. I want to run up tempo that run play to start the game. I want to know if he checked into it or if he just saw that, what the read was, what the defense was in. Cause then you, I was watching it from the last row of the stadium and it was like, you know, you can't, you kind of see him looking around and when they check, they, you know, they put their hands on their head to make sure everybody, they cover their ears, make sure everybody knows that they checked with any yeah. runs, you know, and it's like, Oh, I wonder what the call was. What is that? No, you, wonder, like? you wonder if that actually came from Dorsey or not. Yeah, I hadn't. Yeah, because I just I just kind of assumed it came from Dorsey. But because if it's a if it's a checked play, then that might be like the second play called in the huddle. Right. Or it's so. just Josh calling his own number like he, they did against New England. When, remember when he stiff armed Matthew Judon? That wasn't the play call. That was Josh Allen thinking that he could take the ball and beat the defensive end to the pylon, which he did. And we used to see that a lot. And we don't really see that anymore. But it's one of those things Josh always says he likes to get hit to start a game. I was talking about this today at school. And uh, we we're like, Josh Allen needs to run the ball to get focused into the game. Where if he, you know, gets contact early on in that game, that those opening drives, we used to be so good on opening drives. Up tempo. We and it was perfect. We did it. It was they were nailing it. And then we got the field goal on the opening drive. But up tempo, Josh takes a couple yard run here or there. He scampers for a first down on a first drive, and you get digs involved. And that's the recipe that they should just stick with. And Josh Allen needs to be able to be the adult in the room that says this works best coach. I'm sorry that we're not going to slow this game down for you. And if this BS where they play to their opponents, I hate that. That's cocky. You just got to go out and give them your best every single time. And we know that they have the wrinkle in their offense now with the 12 personnel, right? Like they, they figured it out, but without Knox, now you got to wait for that. So I don't know. Sorry, I, that's rambled, but it fires me up. Josh Allen needs to tell coach this is what's working. Because the other part that I'm nervous about too is like when they're responding, like like you said, Brandon, when they're responding to Joe Burrow, you know, they're going to take more chances. But. Well, if it's it's different when it's Baker Mayfield who did look good, right? I mean, my grandma was really funny because she was like, <laughs> "That guy, he doesn't look like Josh Allen. He's he's a lot." smaller than Josh Allen, but he threw that ball up there on the Hail Mary and he gave his guys a chance to catch it. I was like, yes, he did. He, he did. He slung that ball around pretty good, but why can't we do that against everybody? And it already cost you a game with Mac Jones, Jacksonville, call it whatever you want. They're going to, they're in the race for the one seat now. So yeah. I don't know, but Pat, we ran a, a pace offense and 
high school, right? And how was that? That was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I think coaching might have been a concern, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, I I think that it's it's such a week to week thing, and I I guess the other thing is too. I mean, whatever. I'm not super well versed in a lot of stuff, but I feel like there's a lot of variability depending on what coverage is he's, he's facing and stuff. And I, I have to imagine he still has the green light every time. If like, you know what I mean? He sees a man look and you know, whatever the receivers have run off the linebackers or the defensive back. So maybe, you know, he gets into some looks like that where, you know, he is able to just improvise. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow did a lot of that last week too. So, <laughs> um, yeah. and take a shot, everybody, the mid, the mid podcast pack app, yawn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah so obviously there's the you know there's advantages to running hurry up that you get that that every team gets when they run hurry up this is why like chip kelly was obsessed with hurry up offense but he wasn't really good at it when he came into the if NFL. you play madden and you get right. the defense in the look that you want right and you you're in a four three and you got 11 personnel you run it every time Tri- triangle hold triangle exactly hold exactly line. exactly tap you're always yeah. tapping triangle yeah yeah but it's a, yeah, you don't want to let the defense substitute. If you don't, obviously if you substitute, you have to let the defense substitute too. So you might get the defense tired. You might get also simpler looks from the defense because they're not going to be able to call complex looks. Most likely just, you know, signaling. I also, I, you know, I got to ask somebody who is smarter than me about when you're running your no huddle offense. I mean, I assume that they change their calls week to week but that's a whole list of stuff that you have to memorize as a team. But isn't, like, that, throughout like, the but, week. But isn't sure that, that the point of no huddle offense though, as well, as you were saying that like you're getting the defense and simpler looks, but isn't that part of the reason why you would run it as well? So that you yourself yeah. have a little bit more of, yeah. you know, simplicity. Yes. And John, to your point, I think Josh Allen had a wristband. They talked about this on WGR the mm-hmm. other day. Um, and it's just like our wristbands, right? It's yellow seven and Josh has got the play call and, and, you know, they, they run the route tree, but the part that's complicated, it's like, they, they talk about it with Cole Beasley, why it's been so hard to replace him because he runs all the option routes, just like Travis Kelsey does, just like Wes Welker used to do. But it's like, right. you see the defense in this. I mean, they were talking about it the other day on the Travis Kelsey podcast. So like, you know, I don't even really run the route ever that I'm supposed to have. Travis Kelsey was saying these things. And so he knows where everybody's supposed to be. So he makes his design based on that and the super complicated of an offense to run. And it looked like that's what Dorsey was trying to do. And you saw Diggs make a mistake, which led to him slamming his iPad on the ground and stuff like that. It's like, I went the wrong way. I used the wrong leverage, you know, this super complicated stuff, but you look down and you're like, okay, I'm running a wheel route. Go. Right. Uh, let's just make it happen. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess my only concern about that too was like, I don't know how easy it is throughout a game for a defense to pick up on those calls. Also, when you're audible, I guess it's not the That's same. True. Running hurry up isn't the same as audibling, right? Because when you're audibling, you have like, you probably have like a two word phrase. Like, you know, when Josh is yelling Taylor Swift or RJ Smith, whichever one you think it was, this is the whole dress is glue, blue versus gold all over again. By the way, it was gold. <laughs> no debate. Um, I think it actually turned out to be blue, but I, I, never, I, well. I never yeah. saw the blue ever. Yeah. Anyway. Taylor Swift versus RJ Smith versus so like when you have a simple car like call like that you know it's like it stands for something like run right or something like that you know off tackle he has very simple play call so I I guess they're not doing that every time if he's got a wristband uh do it none of the other people have wristbands well that was the debate they thought that in previous games Josh had not worn a wristband right but I'm talking about other players too because like because Josh can know the play and then he He has has to to check Right. He has to call it know. right to question. his team, but not in a huddle. 
So he can't just be like, he can't do the full extended play call, you know, our left seven YX, you know, this yada, yada, yada in front of the yeah, defense right. because they would know what the play was. But. It looks like in the season opener, he had long sleeves on. I mean, it looks like there's a wristband underneath his long sleeves, but it's not out. Like it's definitely. See, I, I never, game. I didn't think the wristband was new. Like, I mean, I could be wrong, but when I, when somebody did point that out, I was like, I thought he always had a wristband. I feel like if you're a quarterback, you have to have one now, but with all right. the checks and everything you have to, there's too much information to know. Yeah. NFL quarterbacks have always had wristbands like for yeah. years, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Who thought but, of that? They're genius. You know, it's like 1970. And Terry Bradshaw's like, <laughs> oh, Terry I Bradshaw, need an easier way to do this. Sorry, I didn't mean to scream into the microphone, but Terry Bradshaw's <laughs> not reading. A, he's not reading a wristband. Come on now. <laughs> well, it's like he, he by the end of his career, he's like, oh, I need an easier way to do this. So I'm just going to chuck it. And then in the 80s, the 80s, the big development was uh, laminator. So you could use wristband in weather games as well. Yeah. So that was a huge development during that decade. But what a time to be alive. What a time. What a time. You know what? I bet people in that decade said some things. Just like they, did they say, say some things, things in this oh, decade. Oh, oh, oh. nice little pre- nice little preview. We're going to get a break in here real quick. We'll be back with some quotes of Pat. Stick around. <laughs> Guess what, Bills fans? It's time for Quotes with Pat. Unfortunately, the guys at Not Another Buffalo podcast are either too lazy or too cheap to hire someone to record their stupid intros, so they decided to use me. To be honest, this constitutes labor without pay and raises some serious ethical questions. Anyway, here's some f***ing quotes. See if you can guess who said it. All right. Quote number one. This is uh, someone in response to scoring 31 points in a victory on Sunday. A win's a win, but we need to put more points on the board. We were punting the ball a lot today, and we didn't do that last week. Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni? I was going to say Cincinnati. No, the Phillies scored more than 31 points. 34? Um, Take it to 34? I think it was 38, actually. Um, I'm trying to think. Did the Bengals score 31 because their game was 31-17 or something, right? Yeah, they Same did. conference. That, uh, it could also be the Ravens. It could be uh, John Harbaugh. Close. Lamar. Yes. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> okay. You swear nice. to God, this man lost the game the way he was talking in the in the post game <laughs> conference. But that's funny. That's funny. All right, I got Jinx. I got one more for you. I mean, this is a dream come true. But what time is it right now? Three forty-eight. Oh, well, I have twelve more minutes to celebrate before it's on to insert blank opponent name let's see is this a carolina panther no because they just they just won their first game of the year this past weekend you know who this is disciple of billy b stanley steamer carpet cleaner oh is this mike frable not exactly ryan tanny derrick henry who plays no uh, will levis will levis Levis. okay hey brando Brando, I want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about Will Lev- Will Levis. Why? Why, why don't you want to? What's Dude, wrong with Will okay, Levis? Okay, I went. I went. Oh, I, I went to one training camp practice and watched Will Levis throw versus yeah. Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. I said, 
Tanny looks like Tanny. Malik Willis looks like this. he's never going to be an NFL QB ever. And Will Levis is going to be starting at some point this year, whether it's for yeah. injuries or for merit. And yeah. he looked he looked good at practice. And like yeah. I know that doesn't always translate, you know, when you're yeah. playing seven on seven in practice, but he looked sharp. And uh so anyway, that ended up being the DeAndre case. DeAndre Hopkins is well. thanking his lucky yeah, stars. Bro, man. Three toddies. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to see what he can do. And Tanny has done. Tanny's done in the trash. Well, Tanny's just, but yeah, Johnny did call that. I'm from exceptional. Also, so. those those Oilers uniforms look pretty sharp. They I'm not did. gonna lie, those are they some did. of the better. The throwbacks in the NFL are pretty good this year. You know, like throwbacks in the NFL used to be like the Bills had the great standing Buffalo, the Steelers had those ugly ass yeah. Bumblebee uniforms. Those were terrible. Like the Browns throwbacks were terrible too. The Packers throwbacks look terrible. They're like navy blue and gold. Um, but this year. It's like the Eagles throwbacks, the Kelly Green, love those. Let's see who else. Who else Creamsicle has throwbacks jerseys on? Are I love sick. The Creamsicles, yeah, those are cool. Those are so ugly that they are cool. Yeah. The Falcons throwbacks, the red helmets, yeah. those are sick. I love those too. I know uh, we talk about jo- it, but I, I like the Lions in the powder blue. They do that, yes. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, those are pretty good too. The Giants throwbacks are sweet too. They have the navy blue helmet. That looks pretty good as well. I mean, that's like the authentic 90s look, so. Red helmets for the Bills next year. What what yes. what line could I get on that, Brando? Plus would you would you put it neg, neg, negative odds for no. next year having the red helmet? No. No? no, no. They'll just they'll just get. It's one of those things. It's like they'll just eke it out little bit by little bit, like the lost recordings of Kurt Cobain that they've had for thirty years that they just keep dropping <laughs> one song or one or like thirty the, second clip. You know? Yeah. What were you gonna say, Brando? The, uh, yeah. Sabers go ahead. They tease us yeah, for d- 13 years with that. And then you think but about... But the Sabres Goathead is like only 10 years old. Like it's only well, been... they stopped I mean, it's it been in a little, 0, bit, little bit. They did 07? it from... seven. They stopped no, no, 06. No, 05. 05, 06 is the last 05. year they did it. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry. That's almost yeah, 20 so years. More than, almost 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But when you look at the red helmet, maybe they do it when the new stadium opens. Or you get something monumentous. Or they that's win true. the Super Bowl and they're going to celebrate it. Are we are Which we could getting a, year? are we getting a standing Buffalo game this year? Because we didn't get one last year. That's a good question. What do you mean? Yeah, that, that, that what they're like, going to do for Sunday this week? I haven't heard anybody talking about it. What? You know the standing Buffalo throwbacks, Pat. Oh, they usually wear oh, those. At yeah, least, yeah, at like least. The Jack Kemp ones. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I honestly don't least. even like those jerseys a lot, though, man. I feel like. I feel like they're kind of beat to death at this point. And just all the bad teams, Stevie Johnson having one good game wearing those <laughs> uniforms, you know, but I do like, they haven't done it. They usually do like uh white on white on white when they do them um, in the past few years. I don't think we've gotten the throwbacks since we've gotten rid of the gray face masks. Have we? That's a good question. Like, they still had gray face, face masks probably the last time they did that. But anyway, I'm not sure. What's the Bengals home uniform? It's uh, the, the blacks. Could they go? Could they are go they all orange? white and we go all blue Sunday night, or is are they gonna go? Are they gonna go orange and black? What are they gonna go? I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like the they have two solid uniform colors. They do. Like, like they the have white. the black the black uniforms, which you can do. Ooh. You have like unlimited combos here, and you have orange uniforms too. That's true. So it's like you know the Bills have the reds, I guess you could say, but those I, I'm not a huge huge fan. Let us know what you want the bills to wear on Sunday night football. Oh God. If since it's an away game, you always get the possibility of the white on blues, which I don't mind the bills uniform condo. I like the white on blues. Yeah. 
I think of the I Houston. Like, I like playoff the blue games. on whites. I like the I like the blue on whites, but the white on blues, the white jerseys, blue pants. Think about all the iconic Bills losses that have happened in those uniforms. I mean, true, yes. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I digress. We want to talk about Bills wins. Yes, that's true. That's true. Lots of those going forward. They've been wearing like white on white away recently too. That's that's yeah. the reason why I don't like the white on blues because the white on white looks far superior to the white on blues. Yes. But that's just my humble opinion. I love the stormtrooper unis. Well, I'm, I'm happy you boys are so fashion forward here on the podcast. <laughs> that don't don't get it twisted. Pat is the most fashion forward out of any of us. Like Pat, uh, Brandon and I are lucky if we can roll out of bed in good athleisure stuff. So but yep. Pat's got some actual swag. So anyway, Pat, uh, thanks for hopping on with us. We're gonna do our game picks on Wednesday. So Pat probably gonna mail in the picks this week or uh, do a voice memo for us so we can. Uh, have you on with us in spirit but we'll be back on wednesday you guys know where to find us on twitter and all platforms at not buff podcast let's see enjoy the trade deadline hopefully something happens yep. here this is monday night oh, obviously oh, over but, under uh, over under carries leonard fournette three zero uh, yeah over 0.5 under at least for this week practice squad next week two <laughs> yeah i guess we'll see but hopefully no Playoff more injuries in that Hopefully no more injuries in the running back room because I don't yeah. I think that Ty Johnson's still probably better than Leonard Fournette or the ghost of Leonard Fournette. It looked kind of rough last year. Anyway. It, it is spooky season. Happy Halloween. It's true. It's true. Happy Halloween, everybody. All right. Uh, we'll Halloween. be back on Friday. And until then, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.